Amen. Thanks so much, James. Yes, I'm Fiona. Um, if we haven't met, I think most of us know each other. If we haven't met, um, I'm part of the team here at Christchurch W4. We have been here for about, I've been here for about four years and we love it. So um, yeah, thanks for having me tonight. About two years ago, so in the middle of the COVID lockdown period, I was sitting at home finishing up my uni degree. And I remember this one night in particular because it was particularly bad. And I was just laying awake. I knew I had several essays to finish. And just my thoughts just kept running and running and running. And I started feeling really, really, really stressed. But every minute that I didn't fall asleep, I felt more stressed because I knew and I'd calculated that now I've only got five hours and 30 minutes of sleep left. And if I don't fall asleep right now, it's gonna be an absolute disaster. And it just went like that and that and that. And then because I was so stressed, I couldn't fall asleep. And it was this weird cycle. And while I was in this weird cycle, these thoughts kept coming into my head of, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I'm just not an academic and I should just stop and I should just not finish my degree. And this is just it, this is the worst. I can't do this, might be a bit embarrassing, but I'm gonna stop. And then I had these other thoughts of, well, I could just have a big cup of coffee and I could ask someone for help, and it would probably all be fine. And that's what I talk about today. I found myself in this battle in my mind, this battle between faith in God and his purpose for my life, believing that I'm fully loved and chosen by him, and fear, anxiety, thoughts coming in that made me feel really stressed, anxious, lies. And I don't know about you sitting here today, if you ever have that, if you ever struggle with having thoughts in your head that you know are kind of not true, but it's really hard not to dwell on them because they sound kind of true and they make you scared. And then you also have thoughts that you know are true, but in some way they're just, there's this battle going on back and forth and back and forth. And I wanna talk about this today because I think this matters to Jesus. The reason why I wanna talk about our mind is because of what Jesus quotes in Deuteronomy, from Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy 6, 5, it says this, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. And when Jesus is asked about what the greatest commandment is, he says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and with all your mind, with all your mind, with your thoughts. Different translation says intelligence, with your thought life, love God. We are called to love God with what's going on in here because God is looking for a wholehearted devotion. He's not looking for any fake relationship. He wants everything, your heart, your soul, and your mind to be involved in this relationship. The Bible is full of this, especially the New Testament. And we care about this because we are called to love God with it. There's this um, author called Craig Rochelle, he's a great leader, um, and he said this, your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. We know this um, from science, neurological pathways, I believe. The more you think about something and the more you dwell about something, there's a pathway established. And the more you dwell about it, the deeper it goes. And the more you go that way, the more established it is and the easier it is to get there. We also know this from Proverbs. Proverbs 23, seven says, a man thinks so he is. What we think about, what's going on up here, eventually plays out in our lives. And our lives are a reflection of what we think about. 
And before I go any further, I just wanna say that I wholeheartedly believe in therapy. I think loads more of us should do it. I believe in counseling. I have benefited hugely from the counselor at my college. Um, and I think everyone should do it, but I also believe in the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that faith and the Holy Spirit and therapy and help can go hand in hand to help us with this. So if life is a reflection of what we think about and our life moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts, what do you think about? If you were just ordered your thoughts for a little while, what would be the general theme? It might be worry, it might be peace. Are you someone, if you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is you stress, you think about your to-do list and you're like, okay, I have to do this and this and this and this. I'm really stressed about this, I'm worried about my kids maybe, I'm worried about school, I'm worried about finishing this, I really need to get things done and I'm so stressed already and I can't cope and I'm not sure if I'm good enough and I can't really do this. Or are you someone who wakes up and is like, ah, another day the Lord has made. I'm so grateful I'm alive. Let's see what God has for us this day. Where do you stand if you ordered your thoughts? Are you maybe a bit more negative in your thought life? So when people annoy you, it's very easy for you to think the worst of them, to get annoyed, to assume the worst, or are you a bit more positive? It's easy for you to give people space. It's easy for you to let people in, celebrate them, not only out loud with your words, but in your head. If we think about these things, worry or peace, negative or positive, are you excited where they are taking you? Are you excited about the direction that your thoughts are taking you? Five years down the line, 10 years down the line? And if not, what do we do? What do we do? In Romans 12 two, um, it says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This means that God can be involved in changing the way we think. And um, in a different translation, it says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So it's not even just us trying very hard, it is inviting God into the process of how we think and letting him by his Holy Spirit reshape what's going on. So how do we do this then? I think there's a very good model to be found in 2 Corinthians. Um, another thing from Paul, I think he thought about this quite a lot. It says this in 2 Corinthians 10:5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And this is the model I think we should take. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. How do we do that? How do, how do we take captive a thought and make it obedient to Christ? What does that mean? I believe it could look something like this. We find the lie, we take a captive, that means we're aware of it, we take it and then we fight it with truth. And with finding the lie, I think a very good question to ask yourself just generally in life is what is the biggest lie that I currently believe? If you just listen to your thoughts for a couple of days, just try and figure out what, what lie do I actually believe? Why do I believe this? Where is this coming from? What is the biggest lie I currently believe? And then we take a captive and we fight it with 
truth. And I don't just mean fight it with some sort of affirmation of, oh, I'm so great. I mean, fight it with biblical truth. Because the Bible tells us that the truth, Jesus, that will set us free. So this could look a little bit like something like this. The lie could be, I will never be able to move on my past mistakes. They will always have a hold on me. There's no way that I can live life how I want to. Then we become aware of it and we say, oh, that's not from Jesus, that's a lie. And then we speak truth. That could look something like this. I am a new creation in Christ. My sins were nailed to the cross. He did what I couldn't and he loves me and because of him, I am enough. So I am a new creation in Christ. In Matthew um, 22, where we read from, it's a, very, it's a very interesting context because Jesus has been traveling throughout this area and there were two people groups, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, who usually hate each other. Um, they both were very annoyed that he was there. He gathered momentum, he gathered people, and people were just not up for it. They were not happy with him, so they, both of them schemed. So the Sadducees try first. And they go and they ask Jesus a very tricky question. You can read about it in Matthew 22. They ask him something about the resurrection. But they leave amazed and astonished at Jesus' teaching. So the Pharisees are like, mm, that's not very good. So we need to send somebody very smart to get this Jesus to say what he's on about. We need him to say like something stupid. So they find an expert of the law. So someone very smart. And this very smart person comes and talks to Jesus and he says, which is the great commandment in the law? Knowing full well as a Pharisee that there are 613 that he could fall back on. And it'd be not so good for Jesus to put them all in order. But Jesus flips it on the head and he says, you shall love the Lord your God with your heart, with your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Jesus paints this picture of people being wholeheartedly, heart, soul, and mind in love with God. And that transforming love flows out through people into other people's lives and into society, which is what Christians would call the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, this is what everything leans on. This is what everything comes to. This is what all of the law and all of the prophets depend upon, is this relationship for us with God. It is wholeheartedly loving God with everything inviting his spirit to help us with that by having our minds renewed and having our hearts reshaped to be more like him. And then that transforming love flowing out into the world. And I just wonder what would the world look like if we were all like that as Christians? What would the world look like today if all of us would decide I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to help me with my mind, to help me with my heart, to become more like Jesus every single day. I'm going to not ignore it, but I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit into the struggle and into the mess that is going on in my mind and I'm going to love him with it. And then receive his love and let that pour out through you into your life. 
I wonder how much the directions of our lives would change. I wonder which careers we would take and what our family lives look like. The next thing that happens I think is really cool because um, up until this point, Jesus has been questioned by people and now he asks a question. And I think it's the question, if you're sitting here today and you find all of this a little bit weird, I think this is the question that you should ask yourself. He asks, who's Christ? Who's Jesus? That's the question. And if Jesus is who he says he is, if he is the one who restored our relationship to God by dying for our sin, rising again so we could be with him, and if he's the one who sends his spirit, who's called the helper to renew our mind on the daily, so even our thoughts lives could be more kingdom-like, then if that is true, what would our lives look like if we invited that Jesus in daily? I know that this is um, a tricky topic. It has been for me. I think I've struggled loads with um, loads of different things in my mind, mostly just feeling ashamed or not feeling good enough and just having loads of different lies to tackle. Um, but really getting into the truth of Jesus is the thing that really helps because the more you learn about Jesus, the more you learn that it's actually not about anything you do. And it's not about anything that you've done, but it has everything to do with who he is and what he can do through you. A couple of practical things other than finding the lie and fighting it with truth. And if you want help with that, let's talk after the service. Um, is just to really get stuck into the truth read the word of God, read the Bible, be renewed by it. But also, if you find yourself struggling, talk to someone, get help and invite the Holy Spirit. I mean, even now we're gonna have an opportunity in the ministry time for you to come and just be prayed for. And if you don't wanna come forward for prayer, but something stirred up in you, why don't you just ask the Lord, okay, if you wanna be involved in my thought life and you wanna take part in which direction my life takes, then please would you tell me what the biggest lies that I currently believe? And then please tell me which scriptural truth I can hold up against that. Mm, let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you're a God who's not scared of the mess, that you are a God for whom nobody's ever gone too far the other way. Thank you that you are a God of grace, a God of compassion, but you're also a God who's hands-on with us in the struggle. I just pray for those of us here tonight who are really struggling with this, who are really struggling in their minds, who struggle with anxiety and who struggle with fear. I pray that you set us free and I pray that every day we would find your truth speaking louder and louder and louder than the lies. And I pray that you renew our minds to be more like you, Jesus. Amen.